Hello, listeners. Welcome to the 10th episode of Raise the Curve. I'm excited because I actually have my very first guest with me today, Wes Harris. Uh, He is an instructional designer. He's worn many, many hats, and he's going to give us a little background on where, where he's come from as a student, as an educator, as an instructional designer, lots of good things there. And then what we're going to talk about today has more to do about online classes. And so I gave Wes a few questions. Uh, in advance to kind of give him an idea and I'll share those with you the listeners so that you have an idea of what kind of topics we're going to talk about over the course of the next who knows how long we'll talk for however long we need to Uh, so I did want Wes to address what are the similarities and the differences between online and face-to-face because I think that's a valid question you know a compare and contrast what's the difference what's not the difference between the two the similarities and the differences Uh, and then what are the top three struggles or hurdles that a new to online student might face and then also on the flip side what are the top three struggles that a new to online teacher would experience and then if we have some time he's got a couple other things that he wants to talk about so i'm going to go ahead and let wes take most of it while i interject on occasion but uh welcome our my guest wes yeah Harris. hey Yay. it's good to be here good to I be need, here like fancy music you know like <laughs> those schools. i know i know right <laughs> we've got the sweet mic so we're good yeah so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background okay. not just within education but as a student kind of where you've mm-hmm. where you've come the fruition of west today yeah yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, first of all, I'm a product of the community college. Um, so I was a community college student um, and then uh, transferred to the University of Alabama and got my undergraduate degree there. Um, I, You know, after college, I never planned or expected to work in higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, I, my plan was actually to go into um, full-time ministry. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, but um, I, you know, before I pursued that path, I needed I, – I chose to take a year off and make some money and save up and uh, start seminary. And so I applied for a job at uh, the University of Alabama, uh, where I had graduated from. Um, and it was a just a temporary one-year appointment. Uh, it was a grant-funded position. And what they did was they placed us in community colleges across the state of Alabama um, as transfer advisors. And so we advo- advised students they were transferring to any four-year school. So we were just there to assist students in that through that transfer process. Right. And that is really when I fell in love with higher education mm-hmm. and uh, assisting students and working with students. And, um, and uh, you know, so after that, I kind of continued down my, my original path. Um, I moved to North Carolina, started seminary. Um, later on, I was still taking courses through a um, extension center, moved mm-hmm. back to Alabama, started working um, part-time at a community college. And then um, I kind of reached a point where I really had to take a hard look and see like, what what path am I going to mm-hmm. take? And I just had a lot of doors open um, in higher ed. And it was just very obvious to me that that was the direction I needed to head. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, you know, still love being involved with ministry. I still am today. Um, but that was just very obvious that that was the direction I needed to take. And so um, I started working, um, you know, started in student services. Um, I was a freshman seminar instructor um, and uh, eventually became the lead freshman seminar instructor there. And so I had a lot of uh, administrative duties on top of teaching classes and advising students. Um, and then I, I moved into distance learning, um, working as an instructional designer. And uh, that was really a, a kind of an obvious choice for me because I just had a very 
strong passion for technology okay. and I had developed this passion for education. And so it, uh, it really made sense for me. Um, and, uh, so uh, I've loved working as an instructional designer. Um, it just brings together so many passions mm-hmm. and just being able to help with the quality of the education we offer right. students, I think is really important. Now with um, those freshman seminar classes, mm-hmm. were they, when you were teaching them, were they online face-to-face both? Both. Yeah. Okay. I taught, um, I taught as many as, um, eight classes a semester. Wow, um, okay. So they were uh, one credit hour one classes. Credit hours, yeah, but, uh, but we had about 40 students in each class mm-hmm. and I taught online. Um, and in that position, I actually developed the um, master shell that we used okay. for for online and face-to-face um, courses. And so... Is that where your, your kind of love for technology sort of started, yes, started yeah. presenting itself? I, I had always, my minor in undergrad was, um, was computer science. Oh, and so I had some yeah. programming background and... Um, so I'd always had that that love for technology, and I definitely used that to my advantage yeah. in that position. Um, but that's where I think that really kind of took off um, for me was was in that position, being able to use um, technology to deliver yeah. education. And I, you know, so. yeah, and what I've learned from you too is obviously you're you know technical whiz when it comes to a lot of these things. But many of the things that I've learned from you as a faculty member, I realized I could actually do those things myself. I mean, at first glance, they seem like, whoa, that's so fancy. I don't even know, you know, but once you do it and you kind of guide us through that, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, yeah. you know, and I think that's that's an important quality that an instructional designer can do. Is Absolutely. The tech piece. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important for uh, for us to understand the technology, but also be able to teach yes. the end user how yeah. to, how to right. you know, how to work through this and how to use it to their advantage right. in their courses. Um just because there's, you know, there's there's many faculty to one instructional designer, and yeah. so we can't, you know, we can't do it for everybody. But, um, you know, providing instructors with the necessary mm-hmm. skills, I think, is important right. um, in that area. So. so then, so then you you found your way to distance learning. It was yeah. like a natural fit, and mm-hmm. then you had that. That was that was several years ago, and now. Yeah. So um, I and since then I have um, completed a, a master's degree fully online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was able to transfer some of my older credits in, but I completed a master's degree online. So I've been an online student. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been very helpful in my position just to understand uh, you know, the, the role that our students are in, um, that, you know, they aren't able to come to campus. They aren't able to, um, you know, come and get face-to-face help. They're, they're at a distance. And so how do we bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. And so that's been, that's been very helpful, but, um, it has definitely been an amazing journey. And, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, uh, I would have never expected to be where I am today, uh, when I, you know, was in college or graduating college. Um, but I couldn't be more happy with, with uh, you know, the, the path that I took. So. How would you, this is sort of a side question on the fly, mm-hmm. but how would you say that your, your has your skill level just like completely <coughs> blown through the roof in the last couple of years that you've been, because you're kind of now in mm-hmm. this world that right. sort of demands or expects a wide range versus mm-hmm. you just tinkering kind of around with freshman seminars. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, and one of the things, you know, when I say I'm passionate about education, I'm passionate for others' education, but also my own. And um, I, I, anything and everything that I can learn, you know, if we get a new software or anything like that, I'm going to learn absolutely everything that I can about that so mm-hmm. that, because uh, I need to be prepared because uh, when faculty ask about it. Um, right. And uh, so I, my knowledge level absolutely has, has just the past few years has gone up. Um, I've always, that's always been kind of a, I guess a trait of mine, just, mm-hmm. you know, that seeking knowledge in that mm-hmm. way. But uh, definitely in this position um, as a designer, 
um, I've I've pursued that and, and sought as many professional development yeah. activities yeah. as I can, and I think those are important. I, think, I agree. I think you know, it's absolutely important. Yeah, and so um, I, you know I. Um, I went through the Adobe Captivate yeah, specialist right. certification, yeah. and so that's a new software that I've learned mm-hmm. um, since becoming a designer uh, the past couple, you know, two three years. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I really I really love learning new softwares mm-hmm. like that and, and learning how we can implement right. that. Um, the implementation, yes, is the, the appropriate because, implementation, yes, because yes. even though it's something that you find useful for mm-hmm. your the classes you teach or right. or as and or as an instructional designer transferring that over into the faculty into the instructor right. I think I would assume can be challenging if mm-hmm. not maybe at times a little frustrating cuz you're like hey this Absolutely. is awesome mm-hmm. and then but you also understand the faculty so I was like that's a lot yes know? yeah yeah and you know and there's you know, it's all about learning the faculty and learning what they're comfortable with um, and finding what, what works best for them, but also finding something that they can use consistently. Um, I think that's important. Um, that, and, that, and that helps in turn in providing a consistent um you know, content for our mm-hmm. students. It's not that they have this amazing yes. unit that this designer helped them design, yes. and then the rest of their units are right. are good, but they're yeah. not what that first one was. And so, if we can, you know, we got to find that consistent yes. level. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. As an, I, you know, like you, I've been in the saddle between being an online teacher and then taking as a student taking online mm-hmm. courses. And you, you know, you pinned it really well, which is I've had many instructors online where, man, it's like the first two weeks is just phenomenal. Like, oh man, it's engaging and they got all this stuff. And then it's like, it's like, they're so exhausted. You know, they're like, they, <laughs> they shot out of the gate, you know, right. the racetrack gate really fast. And I have a tendency to kind of do that as an online instructor too, mm-hmm. which is I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm throwing all these, all these announcements out and I'm trying, and I'm like, okay, I, I got to kind of back up because right. the student right. has this, they may be new to online. They may have four other online mm-hmm. classes. You know, they're not sitting there going, gee, what does Miss Norris got going on today? You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's really tough. So now you're, you, you're actually a, a transitioning in from an instructional designer into more of an administrative position. Yes. Which is, is an interesting, another, yet another yes, opportunity. Absolutely. I would love you. Yeah. <laughs> as, as an example of taking opportunities as they arise. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm, I absolutely love working in administration and, um, that's been a, uh, it's been very confirming, mm-hmm. um, as just a, um, that I'm on the right path and the right. right career. Um, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's great to work with, uh, work with faculty and, uh, work with students and just have those interactions. And, um, you know, cause I think we all are in this for the students to yeah, see them, them grow be. and to see them, um, you know, accomplish their, their mm-hmm. dreams and their desires and their, you know, careers that, that make them want to get right. up in the morning and go to work and, yeah. um, and to, to better their lives and not, you know, so that's, it's just been very confirming. And I think that that's important, which will be a great segue into some of our topics today, because I recently did a podcast on the topic of, of kind of burnout and how Mm -hmm. faculty deals with burnout, how we communicate burnout. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the way we communicate burnout, even if it's to our friends, if it's in situations where students can hear Mm -hmm. or that students could possibly see or other colleagues could see and they're Mm -hmm. a little offended. But, you know, you have to be mindful of, yeah, you're burnt out. Everybody gets burnt out. Sure, the students get burnt out. But we get burnt out too. Mm -hmm. And that's understandable. But if it's to the point where 
you really don't want you're not interested in changing things and adjusting mm -hmm. if you're not the first priority should always be the student and it's really easy as the years go by to kind of move away from mm -hmm. that and yet we have to constantly remind ourselves to come back I don't care if you're faculty if you're an instructional designer if you're a manager if you're you know financial aid if you're a part-time or whatever it's always got to be about the student because Absolutely. that's what this institution mm -hmm. is all about and, and that's why we exist you that's know? exactly why yeah, we exist that's our... and it's like well why would you be even be in education if you don't you right know? right <laughs> okay yeah, I'm sure there's other variables, other reasons why you're into that. Yeah. But it should always be about the student. Absolutely. You don't Absolutely. have to think about that every day, but you yeah. should always come back to that. Absolutely. But I do think that that's really interesting. I think that's a great segue into um, talking about the similarities and the differences. We can start with the similarities because I think a lot of listeners would be really interested. Like, what are the similarities between a face-to-face yeah. -face and an online? We're not talking about hybrids. That's a whole yeah. other episode. But yeah. So, similarities, what would you say? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I think for the most part, you know, we think about like core components of a mm -hmm. course. Um, so, you know, we think about lecture, we think about projects, assessments, um, assignments, class discussion. Um, you know, in, in a lot of times there's a lot of similarities, you know, if I, you know, I may be an instructor that I get up and I deliver a lecture in my face to face class mm -hmm. and I may have a recording of that mm -hmm. exact same lecture for an online course. That's mm -hmm. very similar. The delivery method's right. a little different. Um, my face to face class students may have to write a research paper, just like my online students may have right. to write a research yep. paper paper. Um, but I think, you know, kind of to, to help us kind of frame this, um, Quality Matters does a good job of uh, defining these components based on the type of interaction. Mm -hmm. um, and so they, they look at um, three types of interaction, student to student, um, student to content, and student to instructor. And so I think when we look at similarities, um, you know, if I have a, a, a project, a, a group project in my face-to-face -face class, mm -hmm. and I have a group project in my online class, they're similar in the fact that it's student to student interaction, right. okay, and they're probably interacting with the content as well. Sure. Um, but the delivery and the method by which they interact is completely different. Right. Um, and I know I'm kind of blending our similarities no, and differences fine. That's here, fine. but because it's going to cross yeah. over, it's, they're not mm -hmm. completely separate entities. But there is, there are some. There is a, it's a crossover. Right. Like a crossover artist. You know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that you know the interactions are the same thing, mm -hmm. and I think that's really where we have to look. Is um, you know if, if I've taught a face to face class. You know, several times, and I'm looking at building an online version of that class. You know, what I do in the classroom may not necessarily work for the online class. As long as I'm accomplishing that same type of interaction, though, um, it's still gonna still gonna meet right. my learning objectives. It's still going to meet the requirements right. of my institution, my accreditation body, um, because it's it's accomplishing that that mm -hmm. that level of interaction. So a student to student could be in the classroom. You just say, hey, I want you to you know group up and talk about this particular thing you read today, right. or you know respond to them about what they brought into class today. Mm -hmm. Whereas in an online, it would be say a discussion. A reply to some sort of collaborative tool, right? In their I may put them in groups systems. in my LMS Maybe, and have yeah. a discussion board yeah. or, or something like that. And so you're accomplishing the same end result. It's mm -hmm. just really the online is the all in the delivery method mm -hmm. that that makes the big difference. Yeah, that um, mode is, I think, really, right. And it's the separator. Absolutely. And sometimes there's things that we do in our face-to-face -face class that 
they're just not going to work in an online well, setting. Well, let's be frank. There's no, I mean, I have tried to, I have posted my lecture videos that I've recorded mm-hmm. in my face-to-face classes. I recorded those for students who couldn't be there today or they had a legitimate reason. And I, you know, but then I thought, well, I'll post them online. Mm-hmm. And I mean, hardly any views because yeah. that doesn't fit the needs mm-hmm. of that learner right. who specifically chose online mm-hmm. generally for a time management <laughs> Right, right, absolutely. Do I really want them to spend their three or four hours on this course watching an hour and 15 minutes of lecture video? No, I need them to get busy. Right, right, right. (laughs) And that's where we, we, you know, we chunk it out to have our specific topics. And here's, you know, one of the things I've noticed um, as far as videos are concerned, um, Mm. a lot of times in a a face-to-face lecture, um, there's a lot more kind of a... I don't know if you want to call it nonverbals, but just more interaction and kind of playing off the student question. Yep. And, you know, you might ask them to raise their hand, yep. you know, if they like saw this feedback. or. There's yes. this feedback loop yes. that's happening a lot faster. Right. You know, and, more and on the, the spot. One of the things I've noticed as a student is that, you know, when I took, let's just say when I took notes in a face to face class, um, you know, I was able, you know, I had to write past, but I was able to get everything they wrote. Uh, everything they said written down in a for an online video often I have these 15 minute videos and I have to consistently just pause them because mm-hmm. they're saying so much in such a short amount of time right. that I've got to get that written down and so but I have that ability as online students so that's an advantage. yeah and so it, you know my video may only be 15 minutes but it may take me 30 35 minutes to get through it because I'm trying mm-hmm. to get yes all that information Can't tell down. You how many videos I've rewatched you know that instructors put up because mm-hmm. I just I want to make sure, which is mm-hmm. a really interesting point mm-hmm. because I talk the same way in a video that I would do, let's say, on Facebook or would just post, record a video for my online students. Mm-hmm. I talk the same way as I do in a face-to-face class. So I wonder what it is. Maybe when we're lecturing, it is a little fast for them to write yeah. down Absolutely. All the nuggets. And that Absolutely. might be something that, that a point that we can a point that we can look at mm-hmm. when we think about the, the the differences or the similarities. It's mm-hmm. like, well, maybe we could learn a little something from that online piece. Right. In well, our face to face. And I think um, I think the online course requires more structure than the face to face in the fact that Okay, I'm gonna have you know three videos this week, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have them watch this third-party video, you know, and then they're gonna do these assignments. And so I I really plan out. Okay, they need to watch a video on topic A, topic B, and topic C. Mm-hmm. Well, in a face-to-face class, I may go to my face-to-face class that day, and I'm like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. I'm gonna talk through these things. And there's not as much. I don't I don't plan it out in my mind. Maybe as much. There's not as much structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but that, that goes honestly to the teaching style of the instructor. Um, the courses that, and again, I'm speaking from a student perspective, but the courses that I learned the most in were the were from the instructors that were most structurally organized Agreed. in the class. You know, if they, if, uh, you know, I had one instructor in college, this was in my undergrad, um, never used PowerPoints, never used PowerPoint at all. But before every class, he handed us an outline. And I was able to use that outline in my notes, mm. and I learned more from him. And he, and I honestly like he was, 
I mean, all he did was talk. He just talked through that. And he, Mm -hmm. I mean, he would refer to the outline every once in a while. But I learned more from that class than I did any other instructor, even ones that use PowerPoints, that use Mm -hmm. presentations like that. And it was really because he was, he was well organized in his thought Mm -hmm. and in structure. And so. I like that idea. You know, you just mentioned that I've inhabited. Well, not in, I inherited, I guess is a more appropriate term, new PowerPoint slides went with the new publisher. And they're mm-hmm. really they're really streamlined. I mean, they're almost bare. And yeah. I found that mo- more times than not, I end up just writing on the board instead of using the PowerPoint slides. Plus, it obviously models the students to, you know, to write down things. But I love that idea about a, about an outline. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you after our podcast about that one. Yeah, because I think yeah. that that might be a happy medium Absolutely. for my students mm-hmm. and for me yeah. and that structure because I right. like the structure as well. But. And, and a lot of times we do, you know, for an online class when we're creating videos, we we kind of have that outline. It's just, yes. it may not be on paper for our right. students because we right. say, here's point A, mm-hmm. you've got to watch this five minute right. video on this topic. Here's point B for this week. Um, and so even though we've got, you know, we don't have an outline on paper, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's there. Um, and so I think that's where um, those videos can really be to the, the advantage of the online student over you know, or face-to-face mm-hmm. students sometimes. Right. Um, now, I mean, as far as the student-teacher interaction, I mean, I think that email versus face-to-face, I mean, though it's still communication. Right. It's still happening mm-hmm. in some form between those two individuals. Right. So that's a, that's a, mm-hmm. I would say that's a similarity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in, in nowadays we have tools like Collaborate mm-hmm. and Zoom and mm-hmm. uh, WebEx and things like this where we can have yes. that face-to-face with our online students. We can have that mm-hmm. face-to-face interaction. Um, and, and, you know, some some students don't, they don't want to do that. They would just rather talk to you on the phone or yep. shoot you an email. Well, there may be reasons um, why they're taking it online. We gotta, yeah. we got to be respectful of that. Right. You know? And But some students, they're you know, they want that interaction. It's just that you know, the circumstances of their life necessitate that they have to, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to do take online all the time every week. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, with my, with, for, as far as, as far as if I was a student, mm-hmm. I would want to do that. Yeah. Um, but then I'm, I'm, I like to talk to my instructor. I like to talk period. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, right. Another person may be like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, well, and, Friday. you know, every student is different. And, and a lot of times it depends on, you know, if you're teaching, graduate level courses yes. or community college right. or university, you know, um, you know, your students are going to be different. Um, yeah. and I think that's something we've talked a lot about is, um, you know, like I love getting feedback from my instructor. I, I like, I cannot, yeah. cannot wait to get yeah. that. And, um, with a, you know, not every student mm-hmm. is going to be like that. No, though, many you know? students. So that, I mean, shoot, we talked to, I talked to many of my colleagues and I'll say, you know what? It's like, they're like, they're not even looking at the feedback. Mm-hmm. I know because there's no views. Right. There's no, they haven't even checked in. I mean, mm-hmm. we have ways to to track that now. They're look, some of them you are know? just looking for that number. That, they're just, that grade. And, and I, and I, yeah. and I get that. Mm-hmm. I understand that. You know, it's hard, I think, because us that work in education, we have a different attitude right. and belief about education, mm-hmm. but our students come with a variety of different mm-hmm. goals, expectations, beliefs, self-perceptions right. about education in general. And we kind of have to have that mm-hmm. range and be okay with the ones who mm-hmm. are just trying to and get by. Right. That's and okay. That's yeah. not a bad thing. No, and that's where <laughs> we really have to take a moment to to understand our students and it's important to know your student population no matter what you're teaching what content or discipline Mm -hmm. you you know to be able to connect and relate to those students you've got to understand 
understand who they are and where they're coming yeah. from. And, what yeah. What would you say is if you just like like the biggest difference between the two, what would you say would be like the first one that comes to your head, the biggest difference between online versus face to face? The level of engagement, honestly. <laughs> I mean that's just what it goes to. You know, I yeah. I can be an online student and be very disengaged yeah. from my instructor, other students in the yeah. class. Um, you know, with a with a face to face class, I'm gonna see that instructor. I'm gonna see mm-hmm. My fellow students, um, even if I don't interact with them, even if I you're still in, like introverted or you're yes, feeling uncomfortable that day. Yes. Yeah, you're, you're, it's like, you're still yeah, there. You're, you're um, there. I think the you know online classes open the door to allow students to be disengaged. Um, Agreed. And that's where you know the in the instructor role you have to come in and you have to somehow require that level of engagement. Um, and you know and that looks different. It's almost like yeah. if, if if only folks could watch, but it's like you as an instructor you need to reach out tap them on the shoulder and say, hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. I know you're in this class. Right. Turn around, you know, mm-hmm. but you do it in a virtual kind of right. way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where I think, you know, there's a lot of tools that we have where we can see the last time they accessed the course or, mm-hmm. you know, how much time they're spending in our course and things like that. And those those tools are, are, are useful, but it's, um, you know, and we can have a automatically generated email that goes to these students. But Honestly, it's the personal it's the personal touch that's going to make a difference. I yes, think. Um, I agree. And so, um, you know, and I, you know, I may be teaching, you know, three hundred students in a semester and not be able to send a personal email to each individual student. But if I'm able to look at, you know, the analytics of my course and say, oh, this student, he, we need to reach out to him or her, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, and make that that interaction. I think you know those things. You're not always going to see results from that. No, um, not always. But you're going to have. I think you're going to you're going to be able to reach 10. someone over the years. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. A one in ten. But yeah. you know, if you've got a hundred plus students a semester, mm-hmm. hey, a one in ten, I'll take that. Absolutely. I'll, you know, I'll take the odds because yeah. that's the one that just kind of needed right. that little extra, like, oh, I know that they see me, mm-hmm. and that's. Because sometimes they don't feel like they're being seen. Yeah. Especially, I think, ones that are a little less communicative. That's not the right. Maybe there's mm-hmm. more communication apprehension. Right. There's whether right. it's shyness, introversion, communication. I mean, that, you mm-hmm. know, those don't always inhabit the same person. It's just those different things. Or maybe they've had some rough experiences with teachers in the past. Absolutely. And so they've kind of got this, uh, you know. Yeah. And I think that changing that Mm -hmm. you know I remember I don't remember when it was but it was about I think it was an article maybe Chronicles of Higher Ed is one I frequent quite often is about sometimes it's the smallest thing that you think you did that made the biggest impact to the student. Mm-hmm. It could just be a slighted comment about, you're doing great, mm-hmm. you're good. Or, you know, hey, did you notice your test score? Something that's so minor right. that we would think of as instructor is like a complete game changer Absolutely. for them. They Absolutely. remember that stuff. Well, and that's some pros and good and bad. <laughs> yeah. And I think something that I learned from you know, years of academic advising was you never know what the student across the table from you has been through in the last 24 hours, 48, right. you know, you never know what they've been through. And so those, those words of kindness and encouragement can go a long way Agreed. with students. Yeah. You know, um, I, I was recently exposed to something called pedagogy of care, mm-hmm. which basically is this lovely pocket of education literature that focuses on caring 
through education, mm-hmm. through learning practices, through your communication in class and out of class, and and it's tough love, you know, or it could be the the warmth one. I can't remember what that one was, but um, you know, a really interesting line of of literature about how you can care and not be soft. Mm-hmm. Because being soft doesn't doesn't help right. the student. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It really doesn't prepare it doesn't. them for. It doesn't the prepare them for life, right? No, and for right. Life. And that's yeah. and that's our goal. It's our goal is to encourage them and to build right. them up and support them, but also to prepare them for their next season of life. That, exactly. That's yeah. that's our job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that that's really important. Sorry, I keep getting all these emails. It's like, we'll just pretend that it's sound. It's like, <laughs> it's like podcast music. There we go. There we go. <laughs> like we're like Ellen. We've got a pianist or, you know, we got a, yeah. <laughs> we've got the a elevator DJ. music. Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. It's just email. <laughs> <laughs> so we covered the similar, the biggest similarity was the student. I love that. The student to student, student to the teacher. Interaction. The yeah. interaction piece. Mm-hmm. And then even one of the biggest differences. Mm-hmm is engagement engagement it's, yes. it is a completely different mm-hmm. um you know you have the same learning objectives mm-hmm. absolutely but yeah. then how do those learning objectives unfold right. there will be some similarities some of the assignments that you give you know it can be the same right. it's just in a different maybe delivery mode or how they turn it in or whatever mm-hmm. so there are similarities but there's also differences and i think understanding that thought that that difference between those two as you as you move in to, to teaching online versus mm-hmm. face-to-face, I think, is, is important to know. Absolutely. Um, and then, let's see here. Struggles or hurdles. Yeah, that a yeah. new online student. I think this is important that faculty understand. So yes. what, you, yeah. you've experienced way more students than I have. So what would you say? Yeah, so... Um, and I, you know, I thought of a few things, but um, first of all, it's just navigating the LMS. You know, whatever, you know, Blackboard, Canvas, um, Brightspace, you know, whatever Ooh, LMS. Right. Yeah, um, those softwares. You know, it, it, if we're talking about traditional students here, um, mm-hmm. those softwares are different than anything they're used to. You know, it's not Twitter, it's not Facebook. Um, everything's not just right there on one page. It's not Google Classroom. It's not. I've had a lot of students this year say. Google Classroom, I'm familiar with Google Classroom. And I said, okay, well, your Blackboard is like Google Classroom. It's still not, it's it's yeah. not what they're familiar with. It's not, it's not. And so I, th- I think students, you know, new students learning that and learning how to, um, you know, browse their computer and attach a file, you yes. know, things like that. Because a lot of these students have not really used email. No. You know, they have email addresses, but they don't really use them Mm -hmm. consistently. You know, they're going to communicate. They're doing it through social media somehow. And so, um, so this is, it's a learning curve for students. And, um, so that, I think that's a big hurdle that students face. Um, another one is just understanding the expectations for an online course, um, these students are not coming to a face-to-face class to be reminded of, hey, remember your paper's due at the end of the week, or hey, remember we have a test next week. Um, you know, they have to rely on the syllabus. They have to rely on um, announcements. You know, mm-hmm. other communications. And they gotta read. And and they read have to read and read multiple times. Yes, <laughs> um, and a lot of times they just they don't set themselves up for success, for success in that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, these students usually a lot of 
you know, traditional age students new to online, they don't have time management skills. Um, they're not as disciplined as they should be. Now, some of them are, you know, there's, right. there's that population, Again, but this is that range. right. But, um, those are things that they really struggle with and, um, and understanding due dates and, um, that, you know, if I get online an hour before my due date to submit an assignment and my internet goes out, my instructor may not accept that, yeah. you know, and the, just understanding that expectation and where, where that's at. A, a lot of our online students struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did a podcast on late policy, late work policy. Yeah. Just because it's been a very interesting, as you know, mm-hmm. I've talked to you about it, you know, interesting journey of my own. Right. Which is, you know, do you do it? Do you not do mm-hmm. it? And I think one of the things, and you mentioned it before, is as an educator, we have to be thinking about the student mm-hmm. and specifically what are the skills Yes, content is important, mm-hmm. but what are the skills that we need to be assisting our students with obtaining mm-hmm. to help them be good employees, good citizens, the soft you skills, know, the yeah. soft skills. And right. I know that they have this package of like what those soft skills are, but honestly, mm-hmm. it's literally navigating the workplace. It's navigating your own development as a mm-hmm. person, working with others right. at your church, at your kids' PTA community. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's, it's learning those things. And mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think traditional students because of the tech era that they have grown up in, right. um, yeah, it, we, we, we assume, oh, well, they were bor- born in a tech era, so they must be, they must know. Right. But it's a totally it's different, different experience it that is. they've had. It's it quick, is, yeah. it's simple, it's not it, a lot of fi- having to analyze what you have mm-hmm. to do to fix something. Yeah, and I think, you know, my, uh, my experience with, with teaching freshman seminar, um, we really had to figure out how to walk that line because, um, you know, it was it was freshman seminar. It was a one credit hour course, and so it wasn't intended to be a burden to these students. Mm-hmm. It was intended to offer assistance that you need as a freshman freshman student and help get them on the right path to success. And so, you know, uh, when a student comes to me with a you know a late assignment in that class, like we had to walk that line of like I want this student to be successful, mm-hmm. but also there are other other faculty members are not going to accept their their late assignments, you know, and so that's where you really have to kind of They're find not. that balance of where how can I show grace to this student, but also let them learn a lesson mm-hmm. to say this isn't acceptable, right? Because that their first job that they have, they may learn that lesson the hard way, and so how do we how do we help that student learn that lesson yes. now without crushing their spirit, right? And without and, without being you know like hey, well gosh, they just didn't they just mm-hmm. didn't care about my circumstances. Right. It's like it's not not even about not caring about your mm-hmm. circumstance. We care about your circumstance. Right. It's just what message is that sending, you know, from yes. an ed psych or learning position, mm-hmm. you, know, you have to think about, okay, is this, and, and you've got too many students to do it one-on-one, you know, specific mm-hmm. to them about, well, I know your situation's different than student B's situation. Well, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know. Yeah. You know, you have to kind of figure that out. Yeah. So what's another top? So, uh, other other hurdle for a student, um, just generally in a, being overwhelmed, um, especially like that first week of the semester. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times students don't get access to the course until that first day of the semester. And so, you know, they, they're coming in and they're trying to read the syllabus. They've never navigated an online course before. They're trying to understand the course content. There's a lot being thrown at them in that first week. And a lot of our online students are working full-time jobs, mm-hmm. you know, or they're they're working part-time jobs. They're taking care of family members. There's a reason they're not on campus, right. you know. Right. And so that that just that feeling of, of being overwhelmed really 
you know, you know, can kind of take them um, that first week. And so um, there's a lot of online programs that um, they either do one of two things. They, they offer like early access to the online courses. So maybe they open the course up a week before. You can't submit any assignments, but you can at least view the content, view the syllabus. Um, and then that first day of the semester is when you can start you know, submitting wow. your assignments. I think that's a great little tidbit for parents too. Mm-hmm. You know, where they're, yeah. they they got a junior or senior in high school. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's talking about how easy it's going to be. You know, the online class or the online piece in your high, at your junior or senior year may be a little different because mm-hmm. again, they have the routine of going to school. They right. have somebody telling them where to go and mm-hmm. where to be. Um, that time management's already kind of being dictated and crafted for them. But they can step in and mm-hmm. say, oh, wow and really see the difference between mm-hmm. what they're doing now and what they'll be doing in the future, right, kind of right. mentally prepare them. Yeah, and one, one of the, the initiatives that I've worked on is, um, is building, we call, it, we call them MOOCs, they're massive mm. open online courses, and these are courses that are free for anyone in the public mm-hmm. to enroll in. Um, and, and our goal in that is to, um, is to provide some certain subjects um, that students might be interested in, but they don't really know if that's for them. Um, and that way they can kind of come in and they can see how an online course is set up, how, you know, if I was to take, um, you know, a... Um, I should do that for site because I think that there's a <laughs> lot of misinterpretations. Yeah. There's a lot so, a lot of misperceptions about what they think a site class is going to be. Absolutely. And they're like, wow, yeah. blindsided so, when they So if I can come it. in and I can see, oh, okay, this is what I'm going to study this in, is, in a psychology theory. course. <laughs> yeah. And that way I can, I can have a better understanding for my first day of the semester yeah. and be better prepared. And it's all about that mm. level of preparedness. You should do a MOOC. So, yes. I think we need to do MOOC yes. for, for, for site, just kind of I, a basic sort of. I would love that. Yeah, I, and that's that that's smart. where we're headed is, is doing these, um, you know, I want to I be able to do MOOCs in it's different like getting, areas. It's like tasting the samples of your wedding cakes before mm-hmm. you purchase. Yeah, it's not know? the full course. It's just it's, <laughs> it's just, just a tidbit. Getting a little sample. Enough to satisfy you. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Got to figure it out. So that was for the new to online, new to online. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to piggyback on that, the overwhelming first week, mm-hmm. because it's not like the 30 to 50 or 60 students that are in that online class are new to online. You've got a large percentage who's not new to online. Mm -hmm. They're clipping along. They know what they need to do, which then adds more feelings of being overwhelmed to the new student because they're like, I see all these people posting Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're getting it. Ah, I'm not competent enough. My self-efficacy just went in the paper. Yeah. Yeah, they feel alone. They feel like they're the only they one. They yeah. like they're on this island. Right. And I think that, you know, that might be something for me, I think. Doing that something that's a first weeker, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we have some stuff that's first week, but we may want to modify that, downsize that just a little mm-hmm. bit. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. hurt to play around with things, I think, or as even, an online um, stru- instructor. You know, you can, uh, the discussion posts for the first week, you can make them where they're post first, and you have to post in order mm-hmm. to see other students, and that... That so can kind of resolve some of that tension yes. of because yeah, that for the most that part too. that's where you see those other students interacting or in mm-hmm. discussion boards or things yeah. like that. So yeah, that's a really good point, and yeah. I think it's important that you that you change things up again, but mm-hmm. not necessarily for a new to online teacher. I think right. once you get at least a couple semesters under your belt, mm-hmm. then look at your statistics, look at the tracking stuff, yes. see where things get high traction, things mm-hmm. get low traction, and then start to adjust. But new to online, I mean that transition from face to face to online. Especially if they're picking up more than just one, right. <laughs> it right. can be kind of overwhelming. So, what did you what did you yeah. identify as the top three for that one? So, um, you know, one thing uh, just 
a lot of instructors that come in to online classes for the first time, they they have a, a certain level of energy and excitement, and a lot of times that turns into they found all this trendy technology that they want to put in their course. And it, you know, it's not things that are bad, but it's just too much for the student. It's too much for them to maintain throughout the semester. Um, and that's where we really try um, in the instructional designer world to to find appropriate technology for the class, something the instructor can maintain, and it's mm -hmm. something that we can build on in later semesters. And I think what happens is the, the instructors get really, really excited that first semester and they want to do all this stuff, and then it's just it's too much for them yeah. to maintain, and that ends up kind of affecting the success of the student. Um, and well, so, that kind of parallels what you just said, basically, mm -hmm. about the, the new online student feels overwhelmed the first mm -hmm. week, and here we're talking about a new online instructor mm -hmm. could be implementing a little too much. It's kind right. of like, wow, right. is that irony? I mean, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's doing too much for both you and maybe to mm -hmm. the student, too. Yes, yes, I've been guilty of that, where I try new things, and I'm like, Ugh, and then I kind of peter out. Because mm -hmm. it just didn't work. Maybe it just didn't pick up. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, and it's that's not to say you shouldn't, you shouldn't try things, but typically that first semester, it's a good idea just to um, – you know, keep it as simple as possible because you're going to be adjusting to how an online class works and navigates and, and where you spend your your energy and your time is important um, for those mm -hmm. students. And, um, and and that's really where that, you know, we talked about that level of engagement and feedback right. because that's really where you should be putting energy and time mm -hmm. into is, is providing feedback and engagement for your students. Um, and if you're, you know, spending a lot of time trying to figure out this technology that's not working the way you thought it should. Um, that's not, you know, it's, it, it can kind of, mm -hmm. uh, it can affect the success of your students. And right. so, yeah. Um, second thing I was thinking about is just finding the right setup or navigation for um, your discipline or your content specifically. Um, and, it, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to design course content in an online mm -hmm. course. You know, you can set up weekly folders, you can set up modules, you can set up units. There's just mm -hmm. a lot of different things that you can do. And so, um, you know, that with your first experience in an online course, a lot of times it's hard to find that exact one that's going to work and that you're going to stick with. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's where you really have to pull in, pull from the experience of other faculty in your mm -hmm. area where they, you can kind of see how they've set their courses up with. And it's good to see examples um, from other from other people mm -hmm. when, when it comes to that. But that's that's a hard one because they, they have an idea of how it's going right. to work, but actually how that comes to fruition mm -hmm. is, is very different. Well, you usually. have to also think about like what your, you know, what your schedule is as an instructor. You, mm -hmm. know, do you have other face-to-face -face classes. How much, how much grade load bearing, I know that's not really, mm -hmm. you know, but how much grading load mm -hmm. are you going to, you know, you learn these things as you go along. Right. But again, these are little tips that, you know, new faculty are like, uh, which I think is why master courses are, are I I think in my opinion master courses when built appropriately for mm -hmm. the target audience which would be in this case new to online not necessarily adjuncts but maybe full time right. face to facers where we can you know the master shells kind of give them mm -hmm. you know I know there's a lot of like oh you know master shells blah, 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 you know, like, right, right, like, right. But when you really strip this down right it gives you some about the student mm -hmm. and about the teacher mm -hmm. new it's 
it gives you that framework to work off of yeah. and really just kind of understand the process a little right. more before you kind of jump into the deep end. With right. Because yeah. we've both had to build mm-hmm. fresh, brand new. And it Absolutely. is. It's hard. It is hard. It's it is really time hard. time consuming. Yeah. And, and expecting a new, to even, you know, mm-hmm. give them something yeah. that's like, hey, it's basically like, if you mm-hmm. wanted to do a comparison, it's like a publisher giving a face-to-facer access to PowerPoints, instructor manual, test mm-hmm. bank. This, that's literally a master because they even have yeah. lecture notes and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, you. I mean, I, I've known a lot of colleagues who, to, even to this day, they lecture and craft all their stuff from the or the instructor resource manual. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, that yeah. that is their go-to. It's right. the same concept in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. It is a master shell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and those, and that's what those those master shells are there. Um, you know, we. We typically use them for adjuncts, but they're there to provide that framework because, you know, typically, you know, your adjunct doesn't have a ton of extra time because they're probably working another job or something like that. And so it provides that framework for them um, so they don't have to spend their energy Mm -hmm. focusing on how they've set up the navigation of their course, they get to focus on that interaction and that engagement with the student. Well, and even a face-to-face faculty member that's been faculty for a long time, and they're just like, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, maybe they feel intimidated. I've talked to a few, they're like, I feel intimidated. And they'll Mm -hmm. either ask me or say, I'll say, hey, you know, see if you can get access Mm -hmm. to a person's course, just to kind of see what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And then that, it's, you know, making that decision for them. And, And I think a lot of that intimidation comes from, the preparation that's involved with the online course. Um, you know, with a face-to-face class, you know, I can make my schedule and I navigate through it and through the semester to semester and I prepare for class, you know, maybe on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an online class, like I have to have it all ready to go day you one. Do. Yeah. You need to have at least a and, few weeks worth. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think that that's intimidating to instructors yeah. um, and just um, how to build that and, and you know, and, and go you know from the start i think that right. that's something they struggle with but the the last thing i you know barrier for new to online instructors that i really see is consistency um just providing uh, from week to week providing consistent content for students um i think a lot of times we um you know one week we want to do xyz assignment and then mm-hmm. the next week it looks completely different for the student yes. and you know in those the, you know either those weekly or those module folders just look completely different you know every week every two weeks however right. that that whatever that time frame looks like and so um online students typically work better in an organized environment where if i come into you know let's just say in a weekly model i come into week three of the course i've got learning objectives i have instructional materials and then i've got a quiz and a discussion board if i go into the next week it should be set up very similar similar like maybe i have a test that week so it says no discussion board or no quiz Mm -hmm. this week or something Mm -hmm. like that but just providing a level of consistency for students so that they know Okay, I'm going to have a discussion board every week, or I'm going to have a discussion board every two weeks, mm-hmm. or or what you know whatever that 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 looks like for that mm-hmm. course, and just um, being able to communicate um, to students that okay, you know you have a quiz every week, but we're not going to do a quiz this week, so there's a note in there about that, right. you know, um, so that way students understand um, what's expected, mm-hmm. and that kind of goes back to the student barrier of expectations. Um, you know, if if instructors are not consistent and they don't provide 
um, communication about the expectations right. of their course, right. it's difficult for a student to meet those. Right. You know? And it doesn't necessarily have to be consistency in the tools that you're using mm -hmm. in your LMS. You could do that. I, right. I, I, if it's an eight-week course in, in my professional opinion, if it's an eight-week course, I think, yeah, having a little bit more of the consistency on the mm -hmm. tools, like how the assignments roll out, I can kind of see that because right. it's fast and you're right. just like, boom, boom, boom. But if you've got a 16-week, man, that it can get mundane because the student yes. around week six is like, okay, yes, okay, it's a discussion board and a test. We get it every week, a discussion board and a test. Yeah. It's like you kind of need to give it a little flavor. Right. You know, throwing mm -hmm. in a video here, throwing in a different kind of a, a tool like a wiki right. or, you know, get, mm -hmm. and it plus it, it kind of helps the student sort of mm -hmm navigate a little bit more about what that LMS is in right. case they have that mm -hmm. in another course. Yeah, and you can, and something you can do to keep consistency, but, you know, even if you're using different materials and tools, right. it's just how you divide them yes. up. And, you know, if you have a, if, you, if I go inside of a week and I've got a folder devoted to instructional materials, so maybe in week three, I've got a third party video and I've got my own video, but maybe in week four, it's just my own video. You know, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily look the same, but they're divide, how they're divided right. up is consistent. Right. You um, don't want to have a unit and then for three weeks and then, oh, I'm, yeah. gonna just, I'm just going to go with weeks now. Right. You know? it's like, right. What? Yeah. Why did you do that? Yeah. yeah. And so that's, I think that's sometime for, for online mm -hmm. faculty. That's, that's, you know, that's new to them. Like, um, you know, I think it's something they do in their face-to-face -face classes. They just don't yes. realize no. what they're doing. And so right. with an online class, they have to consciously think through that and mm -hmm. what that looks like. And it gets challenging, too, because there's lots of really fun, cool things you could do. And you mm -hmm. want to play around with new things. You want to try right. new things. But the simplicity of things, I think, is, is, is mm -hmm. kind of the foundation that needs to be there. It needs to be simple in its design. Mm -hmm. Right. And then whatever you fill in and color mm -hmm. in in between the design, that's up to the instructor, right. which is where the content and their mm -hmm. personalization and their engagement piece uh, comes in, comes into there. What, uh, anything additional that you wanted to? No, and, you know, the only thing, and this is something we've talked about, um, I think, um, almost in every every area today, but mm -hmm. um, just the, the interaction that instructors um, have with their students. I think that's so important that they're um, that they're engaging their students. Yes. Um, it, you know, online instruction is not where you just set up a course and you just let it go. Yes, we're not and, facilitators, right. and that has been a word that. I've heard being thrown out mm -hmm. a lot, mm -hmm. no matter what form we're talking about, right. is that you're a facilitator. Mm -hmm. You become a facilitator when you create it like that. And right. if you don't step back into mm -hmm. it every single week, yeah. right. Absolutely. then you just made yourself a facilitator. Mm -hmm. The course didn't, mm -hmm. you just did. Right, and I think that's where, um, you know, as an online faculty member, you really have to kind of hold yourself accountable right. on that because I think because mm -hmm. it can be easy just to you know let a week slide by and not not reach out to your students or not provide the level of feedback they deserve um mm -hmm. you know some things like that and so I think that's where you really have to hold yourself right. accountable um and as a faculty member but that that level of engagement um I, I just can't emphasize enough how important that mm -hmm. is for our students. I know it's a hot topic, you know, in the PD world, professional development mm -hmm. world, it's like, how do you do engagement online? And there's a lot of opinions and mm -hmm. thoughts and suggestions and tips, you know, that they're thrown out and some, you know, some for me, I'm just like, there is no way I can do that 
in mm-hmm. with the amount of students that I have. Right. Because you have to think right. context is everything. Mm-hmm. Everything we're talking about today, everything that you see in PDs, right. professionals you read, it's always about context. Mm-hmm. You have to think about you as the instructor, what your what your philosophy of pedagogy is, you know, who are your students, what's the discipline, how many students do you have, you know, how how do things need to unfold? I would mm-hmm. love to have open discussions all the time in my classes, but right. that my discipline does not lend itself to that right. at these at this level. Right. It's theories, 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 mm-hmm. theories, and then application, application. You know, it's not like we can sit around and start dissecting things. I'd love to. Yeah. But we, yeah. would, we wouldn't get through but two out of the hundred learning objectives. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we can't yeah. skinny those up because those are mandated. Right, right, yeah. And it's, and it, it, it's a struggle, you know, um, with when you have – you know, hundreds of students in a semester, Um, you know, it's a struggle um, for, for sure. Um, You know, one of the things that I, you know, and I heard this several years ago was, um, you always have that saying that's, um, you know, what I can't do for, for everybody, I can't do for one. Um, But uh, if you kind of flip that on its end and say, I'm going to do for one, what I can't, you know, what I wish I could do for all, right. You know, and a lot of times there, and the truth is that there are students in our classes that are, they're they're going along and they're fine, you know, and they're doing yeah. well. And the level of feedback you're mm-hmm. giving them, engagement, Sometimes is good two for words them. Is enough, you know, yeah. like great job, keep it up. And right. They're like, All right. Yeah. And they're doing their thing. You know, but then there's those some students, and we have to we have to learn how to use the tools we have available to our advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, in looking at, you know running LMS reports or running, you know, where we can identify the students right. that are struggling and just reaching out to them, right. you know, and, and, you know, I may have 50 students that are in that boat, but if I can, if I can reach out to a couple mm-hmm. of them just a semester, just to check in and, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, but hopefully there's other faculty members that are doing that right. as well, that they're in their classes. Right. Or and even so, just a, sometimes yeah. I'll just do a video announcement, a five mm-hmm. minute video announcement. I know that it's there yeah. and I'm t- kind of saying, hey, look, I'm talking to you, you know, if you're yeah. struggling you feeling mm-hmm. overwhelmed you feel like and you know i'm this distant person i'm not right you're seeing my face right now mm-hmm. it took me five minutes to record it two minutes to upload the sucker and the student yeah. if they choose to watch it right which, you know it's a very it is thing, it is absolutely are they going to watch it yeah. um, but it's there right for the ones mm-hmm. that really might feel a little bit more intimidated about reaching out mm-hmm. and that just opens up that's like lovely example of a regulator and brian was like whoa yeah. you know like communication so yeah. like it's a, re- it's a com- regulator yeah. i'm like hey I'm open for communication business. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, talk to me while yeah. you can. And I think that I think that's important, you know. It is, yeah. I think a lot of times with online the the assumption is it's an easier course as a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's an easier course. I don't find that to be. I no. actually find my face to faces if we're really calling them easy, teaching is not easy. No, not by not <laughs> it's by It's not any a means. 9 to 5. Yeah. You know, we don't have all this all this awesome mm-hmm. time off where it's like, wow, we just have this awesome, I mean, you know, being a faculty member, as you know, mm-hmm. you know, teaching courses yourself is, it is a seven day a week thing. Granted, Absolutely. I could not comment, respond to students on the weekends, but if I'm teaching an online class, most of my students are doing their work on the weekends. Right. Yeah, And they it takes are. me five minutes to respond to them. Okay. No big skin off my nose. Yeah. And I helped them out. You know, within a couple of hours. Right, right, and I think that goes a long way for students. Um, you know, when you have that, um, you know, I know we all we all have our policies of how long sure. you know we'll respond in twenty four hours or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But when you're able to help those students, you know, in that 
immediate need that they have, mm-hmm. you know, I think that goes a long way yeah. with them. It's um, a reciprocal relationship. Right, you know, if right. they're doing their what they need to do, mm-hmm. then you do what you need to do. And, right. You know, but, it, you know, just going back to what you were saying, um, it, uh, teaching online is not an, an easy task by any means. Um, and it, it lo- I think it looks a lot different than face-to-face. And so it's kind of, you know, it's really, honestly, it's hard to compare in a lot of, you know, aspects, but it's, you know, it, it's definitely not easy. It's it's time. If you're doing it right, it's very yes. time consuming. Um, yes. So, um, but it's uh, I, I, it's also very rewarding. Yeah. It is. Agreed. I yeah. think it is very rewarding because. Because there's a lot of students out there, there that could that not have could had not, this opportunity. Yes, they could not have received an associate's yes. or a bachelor's degree right. or a master's degree had it not been available online. Right. Um, and that's you know that's the beauty of online education um, is that we're you know, we're meeting students where they are yes. um, with this need, you know, yeah. and so. And if we're able to provide that to them mm-hmm. and they're able to come and we meet in the middle and it's like, yeah. okay, you know, mm-hmm. but nothing's more frustrating as, you know, an online student and you're like, hey, I'm getting this education, I'm paying mm-hmm. for it in, in either time management, finances, I'm not not hanging out with my family, whatever, you know, there's, there's a resource that's being cut out mm-hmm. for them. It's like, you know, if they feel like their instructor's just MIA, mm-hmm. that gives them a sour mm-hmm. experience right. and makes them think a little less about education, but right. also that institution, right? that Absolutely. department. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just about it, the instructor. It's about, it's, you know, mm-hmm. we're all part of a team. Mm-hmm. It's about the institution. Right. So I think that that's different. Yeah. I think it, 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 it gets, you get a reputation pretty quick when, mm-hmm. when things like that happen yeah. for everybody yeah. involved. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fantastic. Yeah. I am so excited that I got to have my very first guest. Yeah, well, I was extremely excited to be here. So, Well, that's good. Yeah. And we'll have to do another one because yeah. I would think that I would love to have to do a podcast strictly on what it's what it's like being an instructional designer. You know, that's mm-hmm. a very popular career field now. Mm-hmm. It's very much needed with the mm-hmm. with the with the ballooning of online courses. Right. Faculty needs mm-hmm. that um, that help. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be a really interesting podcast okay. to do for anyone yeah. who's interested in Absolutely. maybe, you know, playing around with some classes to mm-hmm. even be better at their own design as a faculty member or want to do that as a full career. Mm-hmm. I think your experience with that would really be interesting we just focus strictly on instructional design Mm -hmm. so stay tuned y'all all All right (laughs) thank you so much again all right right. well listeners that is episode 10 in the books have a good one